Welcome to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Reverend Susie Devon. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. In our hectic modern world, many of the women I talk to feel stressed, they feel overscheduled, and they feel overwhelmed racing from one meeting to the next, planning this or worrying about that. My solution is self-care. I know, I know you're rolling your eyes and saying, I can't do one more thing. But what the world thinks is self-care is just scratching the surface. I'm inviting you into a deeper understanding of self-care to have a different perspective and to reconnect with you. This interview is part of a self-care series called Self-Care is More Than a Buzzword. It's Personal. All right, my friends, I hope you enjoy every minute of this episode and let me introduce my special guest today. Reverend Susie Devon, LMSW, is an author, speaker, psychotherapist, and healing facilitator who has expertly guided thousands of clients to their innermost pain, transforming wounds into wisdom through compassion, love, and insight. She founded Self-Care Specialist and Blossoming Heart Center to serve those interested in personal growth through therapy, energy healing, uplifting workshops, and retreats. Susie is the author of Mastering Self-Care, Building Resiliency Through Healthy and Mindful Living. Susie, I'm super excited you are here today, and I know we're going to be talking about comprehensive self-care to uplift your body, mind, and soul. Hi, Cindy. Thank you for this opportunity. I truly appreciate it. I'm really excited because at the start of the series, I started talking about receiving a bouquet of flowers and how there was this one pink flower that caught my eye and it was this big and it was beautiful and it was bright. And as I was admiring its beauty, I had an epiphany. Those petals were like self-care. They are all attached to that center. So I was symbolically, you know, seeing that center is like our heart. And I'm throughout this series, I'm going to be talking about emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, social, financial, and environmental. And I know there's so many more petals because they all play an important part in our overall health and well-being. And actually, in your book, you have several chapters devoted to those same areas. I'm really, really excited to talk. So I really appreciate the metaphor that you just used or shared relating to a bouquet of flowers or to that flower and the petals, because self-care truly is like a lotus flower that continually unfolds. And the deeper that you go into your self-care and the deeper you go into yourself, the more beauty you find. And of course, along the way, there will be things that we see that are not, that are maybe harder to look at or harder to feel But when you can actually meet yourself where you're at and wrap your love and compassion around yourself the way that you do the people that you love, 
then you can transmute and transform any of those pains into more love and light, which is truly what we are. Mm, Thank you for saying that. That was beautiful. And I want to start off with my favorite question. And that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business or both? To me today, what that means, because it's always changing every single day, every moment is a different moment. But for me, what it what it resonates with is how we're in a flow. We're always in a flow and it's always changing. And so when I think about the seasons, I've started to really appreciate the seasons in a whole new way. There was a time when it used to be like moving through the winter to get to the spring or to the summer, which used to be my favorite seasons. But what I'm starting to realize and recognize is I love how in the winter time that we get to, it's like being a bear hibernating a little bit. We're a little bit more inward. We're in our, our jammies a little more or in our soft clothes at times, uh, warm and comfy. And I find myself uh, curling up and changing my self-care a little bit to reflect those seasons. So I'm doing a little bit more reading and I might be doing more indoor exercise yoga and not as much outdoor depending on the weather. But every season has these things about the season that are absolutely beautiful and marvelous. And if you can slip into, you know, slip into those parts of the season and not worry so much about the parts of the season that are uncomfortable or that you don't enjoy. And so I use the metaphor for weather, but I truly believe we are always in seasons of change. We're always changing. Life is always evolving and changing. And so, you know, there's the seasons of how we go through our life as we're growing up, as we're maturing, as we move into relationships, as we start families, if we choose to start fam to have a family like children, for instance. And then as those, you know, those that evolves as well, our relationships with with our families, with our children, with ourselves, truly evolve and change over time. And all of it is so beautiful and amazing. It's like this path that keeps unfolding. I was just going to mention, you talked about winter. I live in Florida. My daughter grew up in Florida and she went to school in Boston. And I would always say to her, oh my gosh, you're from Florida. How can you take all that cold weather? And I remember her saying to me, it's just a different kind of beauty. So, you know, that coming from a, you know, an 18, 19 year old, that was really interesting to hear. But, But you're absolutely right. Each season is beautiful in its own right. It is. And it seems to me that if it was the same all the time, that could be kind of boring and monotonous. And we're here to experience. And so there's so much to experience. And the more diversity, the more contrast that we have, the more we experience. We experience, you know, all kinds of different ways. But I just look at that as a way of accepting all that is. Well, Susie, I would love to hear your journey to do what you do now as a psychotherapist. In your book, Mastering Self-Care, Building Resiliency Through Healthy and Mindful Living, you talk about unknowingly exposing yourself to arsenic 
through the usage of bug bombs and pesticides. Was that the nudge where you knew you had to dedicate yourself to self-care? Yes, it was. It was, I didn't realize what I was going to do with my life, that I would be completely changing my career and starting over. However, it was the nudge to take better care of myself. And it wasn't that I took bad care of myself. Um, I exercised regularly. I ate pretty good. Um, I would have, you know, a a cocktail. I was in my 20s um, here and there. I didn't have any extremely bad habits, but I had to turn to extremely, extremely good habits to maintain myself. And it took a while for, to get the, the diagnosis um, the medical community at that time couldn't figure out what was going on. And I looked perfectly fine, but I didn't feel well. I had all kinds of symptoms and it was a very long process. It took years and I had to change everything about the way that I ate, um, what I put in my body, what I breathed, Um, I had to overcome a lot of health problems and it was very serious. But what I did is I turned to holistic healthcare and started doing things like mindfulness, um, mindful movement, yoga, Pilates. I started eating organic food in Kansas. That wasn't really cool or very available over 20 years ago. I think this was, I'm now 53. So it was when I was about 26 when this all started and, um, and got chemicals out of my home it made a big difference. I started turning to alternative practitioners doing acupuncture, kinesiology. There were just different practices that I did, which made a big difference. So yes, that was the nudge. I was on my knees and I knew I had to do something. And I realized that health is wealth. If you don't have your health, nothing else. I had all kinds of beauty and positive things in my life, but I didn't feel well. And so life became very challenging and almost didn't feel like it was worth living, but I had to find my way and dig my way out of it. And, um, and I did, and it's, it was a process. The book definitely talks about my story. So Susie, let's go ahead and just jump on in. How can we weave self-care into our daily life? Can you talk about practices to uplift our body, mind, and soul? Absolutely. This is one of my very favorite subjects. I believe self-care ideally should be woven into our day and throughout our day, every day. And when we become truly proficient with self-care, it's such a practice. It's such a way of living that it doesn't seem like it's an effort. It is what you do. It's a given and it becomes as easy as breathing. So as to what you eat what kind of foods you put into your body, when you eat, how often you eat, you go prepared to places with having good nutritious snacks and meals ready, or at least know what you're going to put into your body. It's drinking a lot of water. It's putting the really great stuff in that nourishes you and gives you energy. It's leaving the stuff out and turning away from that which doesn't. And so, yes, that does take discipline. But when you feel really good, you start to realize that that is very, very worth um, worth the discipline. It's worth letting go of certain things that don't nourish you. Um, it's taking time to breathe. It's taking time to be and just relax, um, to have a balance between activity and relaxation. It's about knowing and flowing with your body, with your needs, connecting with yourself and seeing what do I need at this time? 
about having a dual focus, knowing what you need and connecting with yourself at all times while you're in community, while you're in relationship with other people so that you never, ever forget about yourself in the mix. There is such a misconception about self-care that it either has to cost a lot of money or that it's adding something to your schedule. And that's really not true. Is, is that right? I agree with it. It is not true. Now, if, if a lot of people have really forgotten themselves in the mix of it all. So they focus so much on other people, on their family, on their friends, on their clients, on their work, that they don't even consider themselves. And what we really need is a paradigm shift where we recognize that we too are worthy. We are important. We matter. And that when we nourish ourselves, when we because truly our relationships with others, others are a reflection of our relationship with ourselves. And so um, money flows better more easily. Everything flows better when we take care of ourselves. But I will say this, self-care, um, I, I like how you started this with it's not surface stuff. I mean, it can be, but I encourage each person here um, to go deeper. And when you've gone deep, go deeper. So that involves paying attention to your thoughts. And if you have negative thoughts, you can turn those around with simply thinking about, well, what is it I want to be true for myself? Even if it's not true now, start thinking like it's true, like make a create a mantra and use that mantra as if it's happening in the present and if it's already here. I am financially abundant. For instance, if you're worried about finances, make that your mantra. Walk around and think about it. And then think about the ways that you are abundant. Oh my gosh, look at this beautiful furniture that I have. Or about that person that just gave you a free coffee if you were at Starbucks. I mean, every once in a while, things like that happen. Um, if you can think more like that, and I'm not saying that that's all that's going to turn it around, but it does help. Um, doing subconscious belief repatterning work, that's what I do. And I watch my clients turn their lives around and it starts with them. So it's an inside, inside out job. And I truly love my work because it's like watching miracles unfold. What happens with my clients, how their lives change is so, I have to say it can be pretty radical, but people come to me when they're ready for change, when they're ready to be fully responsible for themselves, for those, their self-care, for how they think, for how they feel for what they create, for what they manifest and draw into their lives, for how they uplift themselves, for how they nourish themselves. They're truly people who want to make a change, but the change starts within us. And this, I believe, is true for all of us. It's just that we're in varying degrees of realizing how true that is and how important it is. You're talking about it does happen sometimes at Starbucks for um, someone to buy you coffee. That happened to me not too long ago. The car in front of me paid for mine. So then I paid for the one behind me and it made me feel good all day long. Just that simple act of somebody buying me something and me passing it on. But things like that do happen. And sometimes they happen and we just move along and we don't stop and take note and say, thank you, God. Thank you, universe, for gifting me, for supporting me, for nurturing me, for loving me. 
And the more gratitude that we have, that attitude of gratitude, the more that we create more of those opportunities. Yeah. And, you know, Susie, I want to back up for one second. And I should have asked you this in the beginning, and that is, how do you define self-care? I know you just kind of went into the um, some of the self-care practices, but how do you define self-care? I define self-care as anything that one does for oneself to help improve or maintain their well-being. That can be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, caring for our mind, our bodies, our souls. Yeah, I love that. And is the real question, when we're talking about weaving self-care practices into our daily lives, is the real question is when we wake up in the morning, just just to ask ourselves, what do we, what do I need today? That is a great question. That's a question that I believe we, we can ask ourselves often throughout the day. And especially when we're feeling a little out of balance, then that's a really good time to ask the question. Um, But starting your day with self-care is a beautiful way to start the day and whatever that looks like for you. So maybe your self-care starts off with a walk in the morning. Um, Sometimes my self-care starts off before I even get out of bed, like you just mentioned. And when I started learning to meditate many, many, many years ago, I would lay in bed and this is, I'm going to share this because this is the easiest way to begin a meditation practice or one of the easiest ways in my opinion is to just lay in bed and maybe you push snooze so you don't fall asleep and just connect with your body, connect with your breath. Notice what it feels like to breathe in your body in that moment and just breathe and feel your body. And just what it feels like to be in your covers and to be still. And it's easier to be still in the morning when you just woke up than any other time of the day, I feel. And so that's a way to start your self-care practice. Um, something I've been doing more recently is doing some quantum work where I start off the day working with my intentions, with what it is that I want to create. And every day I wake up and I think about those intentions and I state them out loud and I ask God, the universe questions of how, what is possible with this? How can I create more of this? And I ask questions along in line with my intentions. And what I'm finding is that the universe reflects back to me and gives to me. It's like this giving, loving, I use God, universe, source. I use those words pretty interchangeably, but it is loving. And I feel it loving me and giving and gifting to me. I can give a lot. And what we put out back, but I have noticed that um, instead of thinking that we have the answers to all of it, which of course we don't, but when we ask questions, it leaves room for all the possibilities instead of just maybe the, the couple of them, the couple of possibilities that we thought of. And I am just having so much fun with this because I feel like it's like being in a flow. It's like being, I feel like I'm playing with God. I'm playing with the universe because it's interactive. Um, it's just constantly ebbing and flowing. And I, I see things just showing up um, as I go through my day. That's one of the ways I'm starting my self-care. Now, it's not all of it. Um, then, of 
you know, that's a good way to start before you get out of bed. When you're getting going with a great breakfast, maybe you take your shower and you set your intentions for the day. Um, but getting started sets the tone for your day. If you start with self-care, if you start with self-love, you set the tone for your day. But don't stop there. Um, take breaks. You know, if you're having a, a busy day at work or you start to feel tension in your shoulders, that's the signal that you need to step away. Step away. Step outside for 10 minutes. Um, eat good food. Ask yourself, what do I need right now? And if you cannot meet that need at that time, then make sure you acknowledge it and say, okay, um, body, um, you know, okay, body, okay, self, however you talk to yourself, I understand that this is what you need and I will get that for you, but I can't do it right now. But later on today or tomorrow or whatever time, I will meet that need. Be as honorable and as true to yourself as you are to other people. We make commitments to people all the time and we do our best to uphold those commitments. But how often do we really make a commitment to ourselves, a devotion to ourselves? Sometimes not often enough. It's like we get the last, we get what's left. Instead of doing what makes sense for you in any given moment and putting yourself actually first. And I know that sounds, some people will look at that as um, narcissistic or selfish, but we need to change that paradigm because we are the center. If you're looking at like a model, we look like we're kind of the center of our, of our world to some extent and everything is spokes, you know, going outward. And, um, and of course, you know, our connection with source, with God, with the universe is a part of that center if that's part of your belief system. And if not, then you create your own model. But please do not forget yourself in the mix because you will have so much more energy, so much more compassion, so much more love. When you start with yourself, when you take care of yourself, the little self-care needs and the bigger stuff, we haven't really gotten into that too much, but it really has to do with unpacking the baggage, the emotional stuff that you've accumulated. We all have. We dust our shelves, but how often do we do the internal dusting? And the deep cleaning. And that's really important too. you know, working with our beliefs, with releasing um, energies and emotions that don't serve us, changing patterns, habits, and doing the deeper inner work helps to make that all a lot easier and make it more of a reality. You can move towards the reality that you want to create, but it starts inside of you. Susie, thank you for using that dusting analogy, because that, that makes perfect sense. How often we, do we dust on the inside of ourselves? Yes. And it feels lighter. So um, for those of you who are really, you know, the more connected we are with ourselves, the more we sense what feels heavy and what feels light. But when you ask those questions in the morning, like I've noticed that I just feel this openness, this expansiveness, and I can literally feel how it opens me up like that flower to the possibilities. I wanted to just ask you, what kind of questions in the morning, and I'm asking this for myself, really, but in the mornings when you're still lying in bed and you're asking those questions, like what kind of question would you ask yourself? Sometimes they might be very open-ended questions like, what are the infinite possibilities for me today? How can I have a great day? Or it might be more specific. How do I, how do I resolve this situation? See, they're pretty open-ended and, you know, they're broad. 
um, how do I attract more amazing clients? It can be whatever it is you're wanting to work on creating or whatever it is you have confusion about. And that's kind of where you start, but boy, oh boy, does it become a limitless process because we truly are, we are, we are, we are limitless. We have so many possibilities. The universe is as well. And so it's like getting into a dance with the universe. And now part of this, some people, if you haven't done some of the deeper work, if you're in doubt, um, it's not as powerful as if you trust and you know I am abundant. I am taken care of. It's going to show up for me. It's going to be okay. Now that's the place that I'm in. So because I have done a tremendous amount of work, so I can't say how this works with, you know, if you're just getting started and you don't trust, then I would do some deep inner work and I'd be happy to work with you on that regarding how to trust yourself, how to trust God, how to trust the universe. Um, Because I, I would imagine that makes it more powerful, but I'm not, really sure because I, I have started doing this now in my journey instead of early on, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense, but I can see how asking an open-ended question, for example, how can I have a great day? You're allowing things to come to you versus saying today I am going to wash the dishes, go to, you know, go to work, whatever it is that you're saying, instead of saying what you're going to do, allowing it to come to you, things that you may not have ever thought about. I want to bring this back to self-care a little bit more too, because yes, this is kind of how I've been doing some self-care and there are all kinds of other things that I do. I do yoga five to six days a week in the morning. That's kind of what I've learned that I'm kind of slow to wake up. So it gets me going and it feels good. And it opens me up like that lotus flower. Um, things I do all day long, the way I eat is pretty non-negotiable. Um, it feels good. It nourishes me. Um, there are all kinds of things. I do my walks. There are things I do. I do my inner work. When stuff comes up, um, I don't shove it under the carpet. I sit with it and I feel it and I stay with what does this feel like? And it you know, I have different ways of working with myself because that's actually what I do for others. So for me, it's a little bit easier, but when I work with people, I help teach them how to do some deeper level work with themselves as they get used to it. Um, but if you're having like something with your health, um, you might ask, how do I resolve this, this pain? Or how do I resolve this? Or what do I need to know about this? And start asking questions like that because that can lead you to the healing practitioners or to the resources or to practices that you need that might be new to you. And you never know. You could be at the grocery store and run into a friend and she says something about something she's doing. Or you just have a book falls out on a, you're at Barnes and Noble and a book falls out on your feet that is exactly the book that you need. So you never know how it's going to show up. What's the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months and why? I feel I'm a pretty in the moment person. Um, so I, I get surprises every day. I, I feel like I'm a, in some ways, like a child just walking along, noticing all the beauty and all that is possible. So 
little things surprise me, big things surprise me. And I'm not very good at holding on to what happened in the past because I'm in this moment. But I will say just what I've recently shared with you um, about the questions. That has probably been one of the biggest surprises for me because I am seeing how it is changing my reality. Um, I was already happy with my reality and things are going well, but I'm seeing that it's it's changing things. It's taking it to a new level. It's helping me to get to new places. And so I'm, I'm just continually surprised. Um, this is just a f- small example um, because it's one that's coming to my mind. But um, my sister-in-law was here recently and I asked, you know, we were going out for shopping. We were going out to do our girls stuff and do some shopping. And so I, I said, the, I said, how do we get amazing um, fine? How do we, how do we get amazing fines? You know, those fines, like you find something that's like a really great price and you absolutely love it. And because I don't really need much, so I don't really want to just buy stuff to buy it. I want like something that is just like, oh, I think this is so awesome. It reflects my style. The price is right. And I set that intention and we went out and we didn't find them that day, but I went with my dad a few days later and found these, these yoga tops that I absolutely love. And I thought they were a great price. And then when I looked at the price a little closer, they were on clearance for two thirds off of what they normally were. And I bought them in like four colors. That was the kind of find that I asked for. So it didn't happen that day, but I didn't go home and go, oh, boo-hoo. It didn't work out that way. It doesn't work. I just let it go. And then it showed up. So I think there's an element of trusting in the timing. It's divine timing. I wasn't at the right store for those finds to show up. That is a perfect example. And I know that that will resonate with the listeners. Yeah. And that's going to take me into what I wanted to talk to you about next is on page 41 in your book, you talk about a self-care toolbox. And so for our listeners, can you talk about about that, the self-care toolbox, and what you what you mean by that? What does that mean? Yes, a self-care toolbox is not a literal toolbox, but it's sometimes when we're stressed out, we're so overwhelmed that we don't know what to do. What do I do now? We're just sort of like running around in a little frenzy or just not even focusing on ourselves. A toolbox, I look at that actually taking a few moments, a few minutes, maybe it's more than a few minutes, to write down what are the things that you do for yourself that nourish you or rejuvenate you and make a list of every one of those that you can possibly think of that you do or even that you want to start working on and and experimenting or trying. And then make a list of the resources that you turn to when you need some assistance. So maybe you have a massage therapist. Um, You might have um, a coach, a spiritual coach, a therapist. Um, You might have different resources, like there's a float tank where I live, where you can go um, float in a bunch of um, Epsom salt, 900 pounds of it. And I love doing breath work in that float tank. And so there, now that's not really, I do it by myself. I just get in the tank but it's a resource. I reach out and I make an appointment and I go and I float. Um, so there are different things you can do for yourself and different things, different resources, people who you can turn to, who can assist you with your self-care. 
And having that handy, having the numbers available for the people you reach out to, having it all right there. So that when you're in a moment and you know you're kind of in a funk or you're stressed or you're not thinking straight, you can look and see all these possibilities of things that you can do for yourself. Or when you know you need to turn to someone else and get some help, then you can do that. It makes it a lot easier when you have it right there and handy and available. And I will tell you that um, obviously I've written about this in the book, but on my website, there is a blog, um, a self-care toolbox blog that goes into it as well. You know, I love the way you talk about writing down all your resources and having them there as your part of your tool toolbox, because when we are in a state of stress, we can't think properly to know, oh, I should reach out to the massage therapist, for example, or to your spiritual coach, because we become overwhelmed with what's going on. So I actually think that is a fantastic tip. Yes. And I will tell you too, that when we, this is changing subject a little bit, but when we get stressed and overwhelmed, one of the very best things you can do to very quickly um, experience a shift or a change is to start doing intentional breathing. So just get still. All you need is a few minutes and um, inhale, take a pause, exhale, take a pause. Inhale, take a pause. Exhale, take a pause. And it may start off a little slower and more shallow um, with your belly. Like you don't want to breathe high and up in your chest. That's typically what we're do, we do when we're stressed. But on the inhale, allow your belly to expand. On the exhale, allow your belly to flatten. And get into that rhythm and just take a few deep breaths. And let your breaths get longer and deeper and you will induce the relaxation response within your nervous system. And you can do that while you're talking to people, while you're listening to people, while you're driving. You can do it in the restroom. You can do that anywhere. And it is very powerful. That goes back to our conversation earlier, that self-care does not have to cost anything. It does not have to... Uh, be in a special place. You can, as you just said, just breathe while we're in our car, while we're talking to somebody. Thanks. Thanks again for that tip as well. So what would you thank your 18 year old Susie for? (laughs) Well, what I thank my 18 year old Susie for is when I was young, I did gymnastics and I cheered and I was very physical. And I definitely had some things to correct within my structure um, because, you know, tumbling on basketball courts and tracks is very hard on the body. And I definitely had some wear and tear from that. But I've done the self-care and found some very gifted people to help me to heal my body and now what I'm seeing, even though, yeah, I've, I've had some trouble because of how hard I was on my body, but I'm also seeing the flip side of that. And I thank her for being so strong because she was very physically strong. And I've noticed how that, that it was like I was a little powerhouse 
And I'm noticing how that's helping me. If I didn't do the work to correct some of the imbalances, I'd probably be in a lot of pain all the time I, I used to be. But now I feel great and I'm thanking my 18-year-old self for all that conditioning and all that work that she did because it's like when I go to yoga, sometimes it's very yin and it's very relaxed and just breathe and, and move and stretch. And sometimes that little powerhouse in me comes out and wants to do some more difficult moves. And I just feel so good in my body and it feels wonderful to feel good in my body. And, you know, as we, as we get older now, I don't really put any energy into that getting older concept, but you know, they say, if you don't move it, you lose it. And I've had different times where I'd have an injury or something where I wasn't able to, to move as much, um, even as an adult. And so I just appreciate that I can, and that it feels good and never want to stop moving because I want my body to stay nimble, to stay flexible, to stay strong. And so I appreciate that about my 18 year old self because it's because of everything she did that I am in this place and some other work I did as I went. But that's true of all of us with everything is that we're, you know, today we're in the place that we are at because of where we've been before. So there are pros to where we've been before and cons and the things that are negatives about where we've been before we can, we can heal those. We can resolve those. And then we're left with the gifts, the gifts that those times bring us and have given us. Oh, I love that because I used to ask that question differently. And I had a guest on and the whole um, episode was on gratitude. And I realized that I wanted to change that question because we do have so much to thank our younger selves for. And like you're saying, she was a little powerhouse, which has helped you as I guess you, in what you do now with yoga. So. Yes. And, you know, I want to mention something, if that would be all right, is that when um, one of the things that I do with people is I, with the emotional, the somatic work, um, we have aspects of ourselves that splinter off or dissociate when we become overwhelmed, stressed, when we experience trauma. More of this is along the lines of trauma, but sometimes it doesn't even have to be a really big trauma. And those aspects, sometimes we push them away, we ignore them because they're painful or we don't want to look at them. But when we are willing to embrace those aspects and bring them back in and nurture them with our love, with our compassion, they bring gifts back in. So we transform the pain, but in comes a gift, something that makes us stronger, more whole, more resilient. And um, I just, I wanted to mention that because, you know, physical problems come from mental and emotional stress, traumas, baggage. When I work with people on their emotional stuff, their physical bodies and health changes as well. That was one of the first things I noticed when I started doing psychotherapy because I do very deep um, methods. And so I just want to mention that and the way that I work doesn't have to be, I, I am a, I do practice psychotherapy in the state of Kansas, but I have a second business where I work with people from all over the world. It's called blossoming heart center. And so I work, you know, in a, in a little bit of a different way, but it works just as well. And so 
it's reclaiming all of ourselves and loving all of ourselves is really where the, it's the answer. I remember talking to a girlfriend. It has, it's got to be at least 15, 20 years ago now. And that was before self-love really became popular like it is now. And I remember saying to her, you know, we just have to love ourselves. And I remember her saying, well, what's that? What does that mean? So I appreciate having having guests like you on to talk about, you know, self-care and self-love and the importance of it in our lives. It, it is. Um, I, I appreciate that you brought that example up because it can be confusing for people. And it's a paradigm shift that some sometimes we don't know how to love ourselves. And it's easier said than done. And what I've noticed with the work that I do is that I'm not doing the healing. They're healing themselves. I'm really good at guiding people into the stuff that they don't even know is there. Um, but when they find it there, what they find is that what they always needed was their own love. And in that moment, I teach them how to love themselves, how to embrace that little girl who you didn't want to look at because she, you know, she was in pain who we ignore. But really when we bring that, that little aspect back or whatever part um, and love it, we become more whole. And so sometimes people do need a little bit of help learning how to love themselves. They want to, but they don't know how. And, you know, one might think, okay, I will love myself by going and getting a pedicure. I love pedicures. I get them, but and it does help. It is a helpful thing. It's relaxing and I don't have to, um, you know, do my own toes, but, but there's, so, we can go so much deeper. Those are acts of self-love, but there's a lot deeper that we need to do. And that's truly about meeting ourselves exactly where we're at and embracing ourselves and being willing to go in and step into the stuff that's not comfortable. Susie, so do you do shadow work? I do. There's a lot, there are a lot of different ways you can put it, but yes, I do shadow work. Um, I do somatic. I'll just kind of tell you some of the things I do because the way I do it, I call them soul alchemy sessions. And I have a whole bunch of different things that I do. And when I start with a client, um, I can very quickly, I'm very intuitive and I could quickly hone in on what's going to be the best, best way to, to work. And so we may not know exactly how we're going to get started, but I draw from a lot of different tools and I have kind of come up with my own way of working. That's basically a simplification and synthesis of all this, all kinds of trainings that I've done. Um, but I do um, guide people into somatic healing, subconscious belief, repatterning, inner child healing, um, shadow work. I work with people on past life um, regression and expo uh, life exploration through hypnosis um, soul retrieval. So when I mentioned those aspects that splinter off, those are aspects of our souls that are just hanging out there, just needing to be integrated, needing to be loved and brought back in and, and reintegrated. Um, I do, uh, I'll call it, it's like hands-on healing. It's divine energy transmission that is similar to Reiki, except that I've never been Reiki trained. And the stuff that happens with this is truly amazing. 
Um, so it's like, um, like hands on, it's like an energy transmission of basically channeling higher vibrational source energy, um, higher self reconnection and downloads and spiritual coaching and guidance. So I just work with all of those different things, depending on what it is the person needs. And sometimes it's a combination or a synthesis of these different modalities and ways of working, but the results are beautiful. I love watching what happens with my clients and and they get great results and they enjoy it too. And then their lives shift and change and it's, it's deep stuff. It's probably not for everybody. I'm not about, let's just talk and spin a story because you'll, you'll just get more of what you've gotten. I'm about, let's go in and, and do some deeper work, but sometimes people are like, well, I don't, I don't understand. How do you do that? It's more of an experience. It's kind of hard to explain, but it is an experience and it's a beautiful experience. And you just have one of them and you'll be like, oh, wow, I did not know that was there. And I didn't know that I could heal this and be so free. So can you go ahead and give our listeners your websites and how they can reach you and work with you? Yes, the best way to reach me is through blossomingheartcenter.com. And there is a contact form. And of course, there's a lot of other information as well. But the contact form, you fill that out. And um, I will be back in touch with you within a day or two. And um, and you can indicate if you want me to email you, if you want me to call you. It's kind of helpful to have both. Um, and so then I reach out to you and we just get a conversation going and get an appointment scheduled. Once you decide if it's for you, um, I would encourage you to try this work though. It is very, very, very powerful synthesis of a lot of great stuff. And I have a lot of clients who, when they have finally found me, they say, Oh my gosh, I wish I would have found you years ago. Or maybe they went to years of, of talk therapy and we, in one session to two, get more done than they got done in five years. And when that happens, they're a little frustrated that they spent all that time. But I'm like, well, for whatever reason, our paths didn't cross. So it must not have been time. The, t- the time is now. And um, so take a look at the website. And I have a sense that you'll feel it in your heart, in your soul. Does this resonate with me? Do I want to try this? Am I ready for this? And um, even if you want to, but you're kind of not sure if you're totally ready, I can do some subconscious belief repatterning to prepare you to be ready for the deeper work. Anything can be done with this within any area of your life, health, body, self-esteem, relationships, personal power, grief and loss, stress and anxiety, prosperity, life purpose, spirituality. Sky is the limit. Sky is the limit. There is no limit. I will put all that in the show notes as well to make sure people can easily get to you. And do you have any parting words that you would like to tell the, tell the audience anything that comes out that you say out of everything that we've talked about, this is what I want you to know. There is a quote that I like very much. Um, It's a quote by Buddha, and it's, if your compassion does not include yourself, it is incomplete. So never forget about yourself in the mix. You are unique to your core. We need every one of us. We're all, we all matter. 
we're all unique and different like snowflakes. And the more you get, peel back the layers of what is not, that which is not you, you get closer and closer and closer to accessing the true authentic you, the you that your divine self. And how do we change the world is by being the very best version of ourselves, by being ourselves. Hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you, Cindy. I appreciate you so much. And what you're doing is beautiful. And thank you, everyone who joined us today. Susie, thank you so much for being a guest. And I really appreciate it. Hey, friend, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I would love to hear your favorite part of the conversation and just a couple of announcements to make. Also, the latter part of June, I'll be announcing my new coaching program. I'm so excited. Until next time, live inspired.